Hey you, welcome back to the Beautifully Built Podcast. I am so proud of you for showing up here. And the reason why I say that is because there's not many people these days who are super resourceful and who go out of their way to do things like listen to podcasts to really raise their spirits and become better versions of themselves. So thank you so much for tuning into the Beautifully Built Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Impet, and today I have on one of my really good friends that, you know, our relationship has just going so strong over the past like year because we both are just so passionate about sharing our missions with the people who are willing to listen and learn from us. So this is my girl Melissa and she is an emotional eating expert. So today we chatted all about emotional eating, helping people understand what emotional eating actually means, how to recognize if it's something that you're struggling with, and then some tips and tricks to be able to push through, move forward, and really take back control of your life, your nutrition, your health, and your happiness. So you guys are going to love this episode. You have to promise me right now that if you took something away from this episode, please share it. If you can think of one person in your life who might be positively impacted by listening to the messages that we share today, please go share it. It means the world to me. And like Melissa and I chat about, there needs to be more of these conversations going on in this world. The health and fitness industry is booming right now. However, there are still so many people struggling. And it's because they think that they just need to eat salad and get on the treadmill and that's going to lead to happiness. When the truth is, you need to start dealing with the emotions, the stuff going on in your mind, no matter what kind of food you're eating, no matter what you're doing in the gym. If you're not focusing on what's going on inside your mind, your heart, your soul, I promise you're not seeing the best results that you could be. So we are incredibly passionate about sharing this message. So it would mean the world to us if you could share this with at least one person. Thank you guys so much. You're going to love hearing from Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart with us. Yeah, thank you so much, my love. Thank you, thank you. This is the second time we're here. Yay, welcome back. <laughs> Yay, so exciting. So I guess um, if you have, yes, you have many new audience members. I know Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What do you specialize in? Yeah. So my name is Melissa Boleslaski. Love that last name. Um, I'm a nutritionist and I specialize in emotional eating. Mm. This was something that I experienced about 10 and a half years of my life. Mm. So this, um, this is specifically what I help my women in my community with now. You know, uh, emotional eating is when somebody really has an unhealthy relationship with food. They feel emotions and they don't want to feel them. They kind of want mm. to disregard them and suppress them. And so the person will choose to eat to kind of cover that up like a Band-Aid yeah. to a wound. And I did this for 10 and a half years of my life because I had emotional trauma, experienced emotional trauma in my life. And this is, you know, whom I work with nowadays. I work with many women who have had some type of like an emotional trauma within their lives and they've, you know, kind of made that choice because that, that is what this is, is, you know, someone makes that choice to consume food instead of actually dealing with the issue itself or, or processing the emotion itself. I know for a fact that I have struggled seriously with emotional eating and it's mm -hmm. for me, for me, it's like, 
there's so much going on within your own head. There's so much going on. There's so much going on. Ooh, this tastes good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, ooh, this tastes good. Now I'm not thinking about what's going on inside my head because, yes. now, oh my God, my taste buds are so happy. Life is amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real thing. You know, I was actually on another podcast the other day and, and something that, um, the lady asked me was, you know, does everybody experience emotional eating? And my response to that is yes. Mm -hmm. And some of you, when you listen to that, you might be kind of triggered by it. And you might say to yourself like, no, I don't, Melissa, like I don't experience emotional eating. And what I kind of want to say here is there's different ends of the spectrum when it comes to someone who has an unhealthy relationship with food. It can be something so simple as just being bored in front of your TV Mm -hmm. and feeling as if you need to eat food while you're watching TV for whatever reason, all the way to, I just had this, you know, this crazy abusive relationship that I was just in and I can't handle it. It's just too much for me. And I'm going to go drown myself out in food right now. Mm-hmm. Right. There's so many different degrees of emotional eating, if you will. And so I, have every, a question. I yeah. have a question because so emotional eating, it's not always bad though. Right. Like I know, I know there's definitely times when food is used as a, as a celebration and stuff like that. So, so I feel like obviously there's going to be some, some, times when emotional eating isn't considered like bad it's when it's really out of control right is when it's an issue ah see I actually I would um, I would would go against that one yeah Yeah. I would go against that one because so let's dive into kind of like the celebration so like birthday thing right Mm -hmm. so there's always food in the celebration there's always food around someone's birthday that's just like is what it is that is society's idea of celebrating so Here's the thing. When somebody seeks that out for their birthday and they're only paying attention to the food, right? They don't care who's there. They don't care if their friends are there. They don't care if there's family there. They have, no, they have no care in the world who is there and what kind of celebration is happening, other gifts or whatever. They're just so engulfed in that mm. cake or in that ice cream or in that cupcake, whatever it is. And that's, a, that's, a, and that's an issue. Yeah. Right. If food is a part of the equation and the person is more focused on the relationships and the people that are there and it's just there, like that's not an issue. Right. Because the, it, the individual's focus is shifted different. Right. Mm-hmm. Their focus is not the food. Their focus is just something completely different. Mm-hmm. So it's always a, a challenge when the focus is completely on the food. I don't care what it is like if it's even if it's boredom eating and you're watching TV a lot of individuals still have the focus on the food. Yeah. Okay. You know, I feel I, like I, like it's a companion kind of thing. So, you know, and I have had this question before of like, well, what if, you know, I, I am just somebody who was kind of bored or stressed a little bit and sometimes eats to kind of, you know, deal with it or handle it in that way. And it might not be alarming in their life at this time. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, it's a behavior. So if you keep giving yourself a pat on the back for that this behavior is okay, this behavior is healthy, it can grow into something problematic for you, mm-hmm. right? So that I always, you know, I always kind of want to clear that up when I do have this question is that it can potentially become problematic. So it's not like you want to, you don't want to share with yourself that, oh, it's okay that I'm stressed and I'm eating because that message you're sending to yourself, that can grow. into something more, Mm -hmm. you know? So we do just want to, we want to really pay attention to how we are speaking to ourselves, what our current relationship looks like with food and make sure that we're managing it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You know what and I not mean? Just letting it kind of rule us. Yes. Yeah. Cause it can, that's how it starts. Yeah. Right. That's how it started for me. It was something Yeah. Like, let's talk about, oh, let's no. talk about like going back to like childhood. Cause we, we talk about yeah. this a lot. Every time you and I talk about how it's amazing how much our childhood and the way we actually learned routines mm-hmm. around food and how, how we should, you know, when we should eat, how much we should eat. It really starts at when we were learning growing up. So 100%. Yeah. yeah. Environment is everything when we grow up. You know, we watch our parents and they're like our role models. So whatever they do, we learn. Mm-hmm. And specifically in my household, what I really learned about food was quickness, like all the time. Mm-hmm. Parents were full-time workers. Mom was in full-time school at the same time. So it wasn't like she had hours out of the day to always cook this, you know, meal from scratch all of the mm-hmm. time. And so there were a lot of processed foods that we ate. Now we did sit down to eat for dinner and it was very like mindful in that way, but the quality of food of what we were eating was very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, breakfast was almost close to none in mm-hmm. our household. You know, everyone was always on the go. So it was like, let's grab something super quick or not eat anything at all. Mm-hmm. And that very much showed up like in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And lunch was always like a hit or miss. And the pattern that I learned in my household in reference to that, that pattern absolutely showed up when, you know, again, I was in middle school and high school and I was taking a little bit more control of my life. I pretty much always missed breakfast. Lunch was like a, you know, sometimes I would eat it, sometimes I wouldn't. Yeah. And then dinner, I did sit down and always eat, but it was quick food. It was processed food. It wasn't quality yeah. um, food. Really interesting. And, yeah, it's where it started. And then, you know, I had the emotional trauma at, um, I experienced the emotional trauma at 16 years old. And then I just started to use food as my outlet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as somebody would use alcohol or drugs as their potential outlet. I used food as my outlet. Yeah. For yeah. me, for me growing up, food was everything. Both my parents were chefs. Yeah. <laughs> food was everything. And yeah, dinner was a huge deal. We always had like a really, you know, my parents got divorced when I was really young, but my mom and my stepfather, it was always, it was always like a kind of like a sacred part of the day, like sitting down and eating dinner together. But the thing was, is like, there was never like, oh, Melissa, are you sure you need seconds? Are you sure you need thirds? You know, it was like, go up and get as much as you feel like eating. And for me, that tied into a lot of my issues growing up because I would just eat and eat and eat even if I was already full and satisfied. I didn't know what being full and satisfied meant. I Mm -hmm. literally had to work on training myself to A, feel what hungry felt like, Mm -hmm. and B, feel like what full felt like, what Mm -hmm. satisfied felt like, instead of like Thanksgiving stuffed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's real. real. You know, we're not taught that at all in the household. (laughs) We're not taught that in school. Like that... I don't even know if there are nutrition classes in school anymore. I know there once was at one point. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Yeah, they call it health class, but they teach you that. They they teach like, here's an apple. An apple's healthy. And like, that's to the extent of it. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And then what about the people? I mean, I didn't really suffer with this, um, but I've had so many people on the Beautifully Built podcast who's, who's been around parents who are extreme dieters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And, if, and uh. if you have parents that were always on this diet and always yeah. on that diet and always trying this and that, how does that translate into your life? 
being, Same you know, thing. the one always seeing it and being a part of, it, part of it. So it's just, it's really interesting. And, and I really suggest that everyone listening right now, spend some time, pull out your journal, you know me, pull out your journal <laughs> and start digging deep into what was your childhood like? What was your relationship with food taught to you? Like, you know, yep. what did you learn? And then that's really a great place to start and pay attention to what's your routines like now. Self-awareness is key. And just like Melissa said, you know, pull out your journal because I'm pretty sure you've never asked yourself this question before. Like what was our relationship like with food when we were all growing up? Because it will look the same now, Mm -hmm. or it could have even shifted into a darker direction for Mm -hmm. all we know. Right. So assess and see where you're currently at. And I can guarantee you, you're going to start connecting the dots to some of your current struggles. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it takes a little bit of bravery to kind of rewrite that story. You know, that's what I learned. Great. Cool. Now what do I need to know in order to feel my best? Because a lot of the times that means we need to relearn a lot. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, learning how to kind of reprogram my metabolism took a lot of work because I didn't have much of a metabolism because, you know, I didn't, I wasn't the really big breakfast person either. Same with Mm -hmm. you. Lunch was kind of hit or miss. And then at the end of the day, I would binge eat everything in sight. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. just not going to help your metabolism. And if you're trying to build curves in the gym, you definitely, <laughs> definitely need to reprogram your metabolism. You know, so many people don't realize that a calorie is a unit of energy. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to build muscle in your body and you have no units of energy going into your body, it won't ever happen. <laughs> yeah. I always like when I teach my clients and um, when they start OEE with me, I always, I go on like on the nutrition module that I start talking about. And I say, instead of us using the word calorie from now on, we're going to use the word energy from now yeah. on, because that's all this is. Like mm-hmm. you're just bringing energy back into your body. Into your body. So we're changing what, what you're even using in terms of words right now, your vocabulary. Like let's change that. it up. Yes, yeah. I absolutely love that. It's just like, I'm sure this must break your heart too, but like, I hate the whole diet culture and like the snack industry, right? Like the hundred calorie snack packs, like, oh my God, I'm going to buy this because it's only a hundred calories. Oh my God, shoot me, please. <laughs> it aggravates me so much because all these companies are in cahoots with one another, like the marketing companies, the food companies, they know what they're doing. Oh. They know what they're putting in their food because there's, there's chemicals that go into the food that do react in our body that trigger like this craving out of us mm-hmm. and this desire to continuously eat more. And these companies know what they're doing. And then they'll use these marketing labels and they know societies like not well educated. And that's, I mean, you know what? I'm super curious if that's totally why all of this uh, information has not been put into the school systems yet because when people start understanding it, then some of these companies are going to go down and not make the type like the money that they're making anymore. Wow. I just had an aha moment on here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Aha moment. Yeah. There's probably a reason why we're not being very educated on this. It's so true. It's It's disgusting. And I just, I want to, you know, I want to educate everyone listening right now, if you are that type of person that's buying the 100 calorie packs and the pre-packaged mm-hmm. snacks and, and thinking that your snack has got to be tiny and small and packaged and no, no, like my snack and my meal look almost identical. 
-hmm. almost identical. You know, like I rarely buy things packaged and like, I understand it's convenient sometimes like to buy the hundred calorie pack almonds or whatever. But seriously, like if you can teach yourself and learn how to buy a bag of almonds, look at the serving size, see how many almonds are in one serving, get the small little Ziploc baggies and portion out seven baggies of almonds. It literally will take you 10 minutes when you get home from the grocery store. And it's just, first of all, it's going to be cheaper. Yeah. Those hundred calorie packaged things are just more expensive because of how much packaging is involved. Mm -hmm. It's going to be cheaper and it's not going to take you long. And it's that easy. I always tell my clients the same thing with like crackers. Yeah. There's, there's nothing wrong with a good whole grain cracker, right? Except if you eat the whole box. Yeah. So like I this is a tip that I learned and I love it and I love sharing it. Go to the grocery store, buy your box of crackers, come home, read how many is in the serving size, portion, portion out the entire box and then take all of the individual baggies and put it back in the box. So yeah. then when you reach into the box you're only grabbing one serving at a time. Mm-hmm. Little things like that. It's not that hard. It's not going to take you that much extra time and I swear you're going to be so much better off. 100%. Mm-hmm. Do the work now. Yeah. Put the effort in now and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's yeah. how you create easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm yeah. just thinking of the prepackaged foods right now. And I'm like, they're spending money on the green, like the, the labeling and how pretty the box looks and all the, oh, oh my gosh. That's obnoxious. Yeah. yeah. So that's like always my thing is, is really trying to help educate people on the fact that like snacks don't have to just be a cheese string or a string cheese or whatever they're called. Really, you really need that balance, that good quality macronutrients and, and understanding that your body is craving protein, fats, complex carbs, and fiber. Your body's mm-hmm. craving that. So we can, when you can actually give yourself a little bit of each of those categories, it's going to be so much more satisfied. Yeah. And your cravings, I actually had a client share me, share this with me the other day, um, which is totally true. When you start to get your variety of nutrients in, which that's what Melissa's referring to right now is like the carbs, the proteins, the complex carbs, or I said that already, um, the fats and the fiber, you know, you're getting your variety of nutrients in that your body needs. And then your cravings for this, you know, sugar that you might have, Mm. it's going to go down. You're not going to have that craving because your body's so satisfied and really getting what it truly needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then people are always like, oh my gosh, Melissa, I have so much more energy. I'm not yes. so tired anymore. I don't need that afternoon coffee. Mm-hmm. I sleep better at night. The amount of people who tell me that they sleep better at night, you're satisfying your body. When you satisfy your body, every function is going to happen so much better. You know? Mm-hmm. Another thing that I love talking about too, is just like really paying attention to everything that's going on within our body every second. Yeah of every day. Like no wonder our body needs fuel. Think about like your nails are always growing. Your hair's always growing. You're breathing without thinking about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's so much going on. Our blood's circulating. Our muscles are contracting. Like gosh, sit there and picture what's going on inside your body. Like textbook, what's going on inside your body. You have got to eat, please, please. If you yeah. take anything away from I this. Love that. Yeah. I love that picture, that visual, yeah. you know, like your cool. body's like a machine. Like it's, it's all just kind of running by itself. Even when you're sleeping. Yeah. 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 So how like, do we expect that we're breathing? Like, eat. yeah. So now how, Melissa, how do we go about finding this balance between understanding that we have got to eat 
to fuel our bodies. So that way they're showing up, our body's showing up for us, but then also not being able to, you know, use our emotions as yeah. a way to like overeat or eat the wrong things or not eat. Yeah. We have to learn to process our emotions. Mm -hmm. That's what we're not taught. We're never taught mm -hmm. that if you're sad, please cry. If you're angry, go hit a pillow. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling anxious, do something to relax you. Like mm -hmm. if it's a bubble bath or a walk, feel yeah. your emotions because yeah. when you allow that emotion to actually run through your body, you don't need food to suppress the emotion. Oh gosh, this makes me so happy. Right? And so if you feel your emotions, you're going to, you know, you'll have the ability to identify what the emotions are, feel them, and then it's going to be easier to identify when your body's actually physically hungry and you know when you need that food for energy coming in. Right? Yeah. So feel your emotions. Yeah. You have instead, of, instead of pushing them under the rug. Yeah. Pushing them under the rug. That's, it's going to bubble up in your life in so many other places when you don't deal with those emotions. So it's many. Wild. You, yeah. you think that you're just having bad dreams because of, you know, coincidence? No, like things no. are bubbling up everywhere, everywhere. You keep having bad luck. You keep having, you know, all of these things, these negative things happen. It's because you have stuff going on in your life that you're not dealing with. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. everything. Yeah. Your body gets affected. Everything externally, your career can be affected. Your mm -hmm. finances, your sex Relationships, life. Yeah. Yeah. All of it is affected when you don't take care of yourself. That's why you always hear out there that whole mantra, like fill your cup up first before you fill anybody else's yeah. cup up. It's so important to take care of yourself because then everything around you and your environment replicates that. Yeah. Right. Take care of yourself. Your external environment is very much so taken care of too. Yeah. And Melissa and I are just so on the same page with taking care of ourselves means starting with nutrition, starting mm -hmm. with your fitness, starting with your body. How do you feel? You know, how do you feel? That's directly going to, you know, be related with how you show up for everyone else in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to one of my clients yesterday and she's got a few kids and she's like, you know what, Melissa, my family has been complaining so much about my mood. Mm. And, and it's so true. You know, if you don't wake up feeling good and you're not doing anything about it, you probably are a pretty nasty person because yes. you, you don't feel good about yourself. And because you don't feel good about yourself, everyone else around you has to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's that responsibility of being like, Oh shit, I need to check myself and yeah. I need help. I need yeah. help. If you feel like you can just do it on your own, it's going to take you a lot longer than if you work with someone, someone with an external, you know, look on your life. You know, that's yeah. why Melissa and I love coaching so much because we yeah. get to look at your life from an outside perspective and then we get to help pull apart the onion, peel back the, peel back yeah. the layers and figure yeah. out what these core problems are, not necessarily problems, but these core things issues that you're not actually processing, just like Melissa explained. You yeah. know, there's stuff going on and it's bubbling up everywhere. And then everyone around you, including yourself, has to suffer. Yeah. Your progress happens, I always say like, I mean, it happens like 10 times quicker because we have somebody from the outside, like me and like, I have a mentor, you've hired mentors mm -hmm. before. Like mm -hmm. I want somebody looking in on my life because yeah. I explain it like this of we're in our life, we're way up close to the painting, right? Mm -hmm. Like think of yourself in a museum looking yes. at a painting. Just like blotches of color everywhere. You can't even see the full thing. Yep. Exactly. And when you take like steps back or like somebody else over here has their perception and it's like, oh, 
like all of those aha moments. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes things easier. And, you know, as a mentor too, me and you, like we've, we've trailblazed a path. You know, we have cleared the path for those who are, you know, working with us and we can just, that's why I say like your progress happens 10 times quicker, you know, because we've already trailblazed that path and the person can just like shoot right down it very easily, you know? And there's so many things that like get in our way, like those little, those little things that pop up in our minds that are like, oh, I can't afford a coach right now. Or, oh, I don't need a coach. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I can figure this all out on my own, right? Those are the little things that I had to work through. Because, yeah. Because it's the little limiting beliefs that keep popping up, that keep getting in our way, and then we keep not progressing, and we keep getting mad at ourselves because we're spinning around in circles, mm-hmm. right? crazy. So like, I'm looking for my next mentor right now. And I have a few different ones that I'm looking at and holy shit, it's scary. Right. Yeah. Some of these mentors that I'm looking at are like 10 grand to work with, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's huge investment, but I am going to be up leveled on such a different level. I am going to be freaking unstoppable. You know, it's such an exciting thing to think about. Yeah. When you make that first investment, it's like, holy crap. What like am you I put doing? skin in the game. Like you have something to lose if you don't show up basically. Yep. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's the biggest thing of investing. Like, yes, there's so much free valuable content and it's so amazing. But the moment you put skin in the game and you have something to lose, it's like, where are your oh, excuses? I don't have excuses anymore. Like I I've got to show I just up. spent 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. I've got to do this or I am out of so much money and we all know no one wants to waste our money. So, yeah. you know, so yeah. put it in something that's valuable, which is you, yeah. you know, hiring a mentor is an investment in mm-hmm. you. In you. Yeah. yeah. So I really like, I challenge you guys listening right now. How are you investing in yourself? There's so many different ways to invest in yourself, right? Some of them can be really small, like maybe you have a gym membership. Great. That's an investment in yourself, right? Are you using that gym membership? Are you taking it seriously? You know, Mm. if you go to Planet Fitness and you only spend 10 bucks, maybe you're not going, you know? So think about things like that. What else are you doing to invest in yourself? You know, are you taking 10 minutes a day to sit down and pull out your journal and write about these things? Think about, you know, am I suffering with emotional eating right now? am I? What are the signs? You know, why, why do I think that I am suffering with it? And then what am I going to do to break through, to deal with yeah. some of that stuff? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clarity is everything. Like once you know what's up, then it's like, okay, well, where's the solution? Okay. Let's go act on it. When you don't have clarity, it's like, you just feel like a chicken with the head cut off, just like running around. Like, what am I doing? But just, you know, journaling, I always, I, I know you are so powerful in journaling and, and myself as well. But that's why, because it creates the power of clarity and just yeah. getting like such a crystal clear vision of what is happening and what do I need to do about this? And then I just have to go act on it. Yeah. And let me tell you, I force myself to do it. I don't always feel like journaling. Like some nights I'm so tired and I'm like, Ugh, I just want to go to sleep. But it's like, no, yeah. Melissa, open the damn book and write down five sentences. Like, mm-hmm. you know? getting yourself into a routine. It's just like getting yourself to go to the gym. You have to force yourself to get into routine sometimes in order to grow. You don't always love it, but down the road, it's really going to be life-changing. So I'm curious, Melissa, do you have any other like activities that you have people do or, or strategies that you have people do other than journaling to start kind of working on like this, this idea of like emotional eating and how to kind of beat it? So, I mean, there's so many strategies I take my clients through. So like maybe 
give me something like a, a better um, example of like how they would identify or how they would actually go through like a resolution yeah, or maybe, I'm trying to think of like of, of putting myself in some, some of the listeners shoes, you know, maybe, maybe they're kind of realizing that, Hmm, maybe I am using food as a crutch a little bit right now. So yeah. what are some strategies that they could kind of do when they're going to reach for food? How, what, what else could they do? Yeah. So hmm. they would probably, because I'm all about root cause and identification mm-hmm. and just knowing. So if you've identified that, yes, I do have like a struggle with food, this unhealthy relationship with food, the next part is really knowing like where are those struggles in my life? Mm-hmm. And so like your triggers, basically, what's my trigger? What is my trigger to want to go eat? Is it all the time, like when I'm talking with my spouse and I'm like constantly triggered by that person? Mm-hmm. Or is it all the time when I'm at work and I have this interaction mm-hmm. with my boss and yep. that's when I feel, or, yep. yeah, what, what is your trigger? You need to understand that because you can't come up with a solution if you don't know what your triggers are. Yep. Right. Because if your triggers are some are happening in your home, some are happening with your kids or, you know, like interactions with kids or just parenting in general or um, an interaction is happening at the office, the solution is going to look way different. Mm-hmm. Right. If one of your solutions was to, um, you know, allow yourself to feel the emotion and then go distract yourself with a different activity, yeah. a, a like bubble bath, you yeah. can't do that while you're at work. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> your solutions are going to look different based on where your triggers are happening. Yeah. So know your triggers first. <laughs> and then like, if you're triggered always at work, what can you do at work? Clearly, like I, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is first part is feel the emotion, whatever it is. Second part, you're, you're um, wanting to partake in some type of behavior or activity that is not eating. Mm-hmm. So that could be walking around your building. That could mm-hmm. be going over to your coworker and just chatting, you know, mm-hmm. for moral support or something. Yep. Um, you know, doodling. Or, Maybe you need to doodle. Yeah. Or, you know, like there's different things. There's so try. much. Yeah. Yeah. You could put on your favorite song at work, like real quick. And who cares what people say? Like have a dance party at your office, just dance. Like, or if you can listen to something, maybe you put on a podcast. Like one of my favorite things to do to pull myself out of a darker place is to listen to someone who's going to bring me up, who's going to raise my vibration, who's going to bring my spirit up. I need, I seriously, I need other people like Melissa, like other people that I lean on for support. I need their content sometimes to kind of pull me out of a darker place. So I really suggest if you can listen to something at work and you feel like just being like, screw it and eating a pizza, maybe, you know, try doing something like listen to a podcast or a Mm -hmm. YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. That's one of, that's actually a really great uh, recommendation is listening. It's like another voice in your ear. Mm -hmm something that's very uplifting. I listen to Abraham Hicks every morning. So I love it. Yep. You know. Or you know, movement is huge for me. Movement mm-hmm. is huge for me. Like if I'm not in a great place, I am going to put on a song and dance around. Or for me, I love going to the gym. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to get myself to the gym or I'm going to get on the floor and do a YouTube yoga video. You know, movement is huge, right? It changes the state of your body and that's going to distract you for sure. Yeah. Well, there's actual like a chemical reaction, right? Yeah. After like the first like 15, 20 minutes, like your endorphins are released in your body. So mm-hmm. not, you know, this isn't like any woo-woo stuff. Like you're physically changing the state of your body and your mind facts. at that point. <laughs> yes. Facts. Like facts. science. Hashtag science. Hashtag I science. love science. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that because some people are like, this is so woo-woo. And I'm like, it's not. No. Like, this is real science. Um, but yeah, movements. I'm laughing. I'm so laughing right now because I'm in Hawaii right now visiting my mom. And this morning I just, I went to a yoga class that was the most woo-woo yoga class ever when I'm sitting and I'm pretty woo-woo. So if I'm sitting in this class and I am blown away about how woo-woo it is, you have no idea. But she was making us move our body in the weirdest ways, like doing these like thrusts in our hips and like rolling our spine and thinking about connecting with the cosmic energy and (laughs) so woo-woo. But like literally I, my soul feels different after an hour and a half. And it's, it's, it's real, you guys. Like moving this energy in our body is so real. You don't have to be woo-woo, but you have got to learn how to move your body. If you are just sitting in an office chair all day and then you're getting in your car and sitting in the seat of your car and then you're going home and sitting on your couch and then you're going to bed and laying in an awkward position in your bed and then waking up and doing it all over again, I promise you have so much built up energy in your body that you've got to move. You've got to release it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I'm very like woo woo myself, but even, even for those science people who want to hear that right now, like your body is made of energy. Like think of ions, right? We all were in science class. So if there's anybody right now who's like thinking of this, like, no, no, like movement's not really going to help. Like Mm -hmm. science and woo woo combine it all. It's all real. Um, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. our body is completely made of energy. Trees are made of energy. Like it's all made of ions. So Mm -hmm. This can be as woo-woo as you want. This can be scientific if you want. Grab a hold of whatever it is to help you believe in this. But 100% movement is another thing to really Yeah, and it, and it like seriously could be the simplest thing. Like serious, yeah. like <laughs> I gave this little speech at a women's empowerment event the other day and I started off my speech by having the whole room do shoulder presses. Unweighted shoulder presses. Seriously, you guys picture yourself at the gym holding dumbbells, doing a shoulder press. If you don't know what that means, Google it. But if you just do that for a solid minute, wait until you feel the burn in your shoulder. And it's going to remind you that you are alive, that you are alive. And it's going to move that energy in your body, right? Your energy might be all in your hips because you're sitting all day. And then you start doing a shoulder press for a solid minute. The energy is going to move from your hips up to your shoulder. And you're going to have that realization like, oh, there's my shoulders. They are there, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Fun. I saw that and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I that feel like so everyone, everyone was probably looking at me like, what? Shoulder press? I'm like, let's go. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they got it afterwards. Oh, They're yeah. like, oh, I feel totally. different. Like, I totally feel alive right now. Totally yeah. got it. Yeah. So it's so pretty cool. cool. It doesn't have to be hard. Like, you could seriously be at your office desk. If you're with your kids, even better. Get your kids moving with you. Mm-hmm. right hey it's gonna make your kids more tired right you like that we like when the kids are tired but also it's just like instilling this this mindset into them at such a young age we talked about how you know you are the leader of your kid's life right now yeah so yeah if you're That's a big not- thing yeah like if you're even sitting here listening to this and you're like oh I know I know I need help with something but like you're really letting your excuses control your life insert children you know mm-hmm. think about your kids think about your you know how you're a role model to them and are you would you be extremely happy if they grew up and they just kept saying excuses for themselves you would feel awful as a parent you know Mm -hmm. so remember you're the role model so you know push your own excuses aside and be 
the role model for them and, and who you want them to even grow up as. It's accountability for you too. Like if you're constantly yeah. eating shit, your kids are watching that. Kids are. Yep. Ki- your kids are watching that. If you are a snacker all day long and you're just constantly munching, 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 your kids are watching that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're encouraging your kid to finish their plate when they're stuffed, it's, it's, you know, it's going to create an issue in their life. What are your kids drinking? What beverages are you allowing them to drink? Like all of these little things add up. What beverages are you drinking? Are you going mm-hmm. to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks three times a day, every single day? That's what your kids are going to do. It's like really powerful to start making, you know, making this a priority in your life for your health, A, but also so, so you're not creating a monster for your kid. Yeah. If you, if uh, it was back, goes back to the beginning of this podcast, you know, asking our, at, you know, how we um, ask your audience to ask themselves, like, where did their patterns come from and what, did, what was their upbringing like? Mm-hmm. If you were affected by your upbringing, your children will be affected by their upbringing, mm-hmm. right? It's not like it skipped a generation. Yeah. It's all going to happen the same way. So, so just important. remember that. It's so important to pay attention to. Seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huge. Kind of brings it full circle. <laughs> Doesn't it? It's kind yeah. of like eye-opener, like, oh, man, really man, is. I got to stop with these excuses. And, you know, it really kind of brings me into, like, this is something that I'm talking about with, to my clients all the time, too. If you're in a relationship right now, mm-hmm. if you are living with a significant other right now, I hear this all the time from my women, especially. My boyfriend eats like shit. My boyfriend doesn't want to be healthy. My, it's hard for me because I don't want to cook two dinners at night, and my boyfriend won't eat this stuff. You have got to put up boundaries for yourself. Seriously, if you're letting your boyfriend predict your health, wake up. Wake up. It's an issue. Seriously. And I tell so many people, if your boyfriend is not willing to eat the dinner that you're cooking, then he has got to fend for himself. Mm -hmm. Because you have got to take your health in your own hands. Seriously. And you know what's so crazy? You'll see. You are the leader of your relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you start eating healthier, if you start getting into new routines and you stick to it no matter what, guess what's going to happen? They're going to tiptoe behind you and be like, what are you eating? Wait, Mm -hmm. what are you eating? You know, it's Mm -hmm. crazy. You've got to just remember that you're a leader, even in your relationship. So just do it for yourself. Create your own healthy situation and let them follow. And if they don't follow... Make sure it's the right person for you. <laughs> 100%. I mean, that's what happened in my last relationship. When I started dating yeah. him, like he was eating out three times a day. Yeah. And, you know, because we met at the gym. And so, you know, I'm this huge, like, you know, health nut and always concerned about my food and working out. And then when we started dating, like he grew into that too. Yeah. You know, he started making his own food. Yeah. He stopped buying out food. He started to decrease his beer consumption. Like yeah. he just changed it up because I was, I guess, you know, the influence on him. Yeah. 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 But if, you know, don't live your life for somebody else, you're (sighs) making those excuses of, oh, well, he doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. I mean, stop living your life for him. Like for him. Yeah. Is he controlling your life? Are you like, do you want him to control your life? Because that's what you're saying when you make that excuse for yourself. I I know it's easier said than done sometimes, right? Because I struggle with my own issues too. But like, it's a huge realization to have because if you're eating like crap because your kids like eating like crap and your husband like eating like crap, what? That's just such an awful situation for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's really so, oh, well, my kids won't eat healthy. Well, don't give them, you know, don't give them too many options. 
Yeah. If you're giving them the options of eating something or healthy, or I'll just stop at McDonald's, of course they're going to go to McDonald's. Of course. Everyone knows when things taste good, but, mm. but do you understand the difference between tasting good and what actually is going to satisfy your body? And that's yeah. what you have to be willing to teach your family as and you learn. And the to. parent too? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. uh, do you want your children to dictate their entire life? Like I get, have yeah. it, like let them have choices, right? Where we don't yeah. want to be like the entire dictator, mm-hmm. but there comes a point where you do draw that line in the sand because you are the parent for a reason. Yeah. You have you the know? authority and you're trying to teach them. And, and in order to teach them, you've got to, you've got to stand, stand strong in your role for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blows my mind. My child doesn't do this. My child mm-hmm. won't do that. Well, did you teach him that or her mm-hmm. that? Or come on, let's think about that. Yeah. Yep. so so powerful so powerful wow what an incredible episode this has been a lot (laughs) i know everyone's head's probably spinning now sorry i know not sorry at the same time hashtag sorry not sorry yeah everyone's probably triggered like oh man but i want to turn you ladies off but i can't because this is all true and Uh so i mean that's the objective here so tough love it's the tough love and it's and it's like seriously it's it's when I first started off coaching years and years ago, it was the part that I was like so nervous about. I was like, oh God, I'm thinking this and I know I should give this person this advice, but I'm scared. I don't want to hurt them. Right. That was like my thing. I was like, oh, I want to be their coach, but I also want to be their friend. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes your coach is just got to be your tough love coach. And it's really, it's really in 2019, a role that I have really stepped into. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I could just keep patting your back because I feel bad and you're so busy and you have so much going on in your life. And it's like, no, I'm not going to do that because life is always going to be busy. It's never going to get less busy. And yeah. I'm just so sick of he- people here hearing people's excuses, you know, because you can only listen to someone's excuses for so long before it's like, I don't feel bad for you anymore because you're not doing anything about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't want to be the enabler either of like, oh, I know you're upset. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have to have that, we have to have that tough love or else we are the enabler and mm-hmm. we're just adding to your situation. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're hurting you at that point. And that would not make me feel good whatsoever yeah. if I knew I was adding that Ooh, kind so. of stress to somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. So true. Mm. Yeah. Melissa, thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Yeah, love it. Thank you so much for having me again. I love your audience. Of I hope course. your audience has learned some new things. Yeah, and where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Woo! So right now, I'm uh, just only on Facebook and Instagram under Melissa Boleslavsky. And Melissa's going to have to put that in the show notes. Yeah. Spelling, that's spelling. I was going to say, scroll down to the show notes and the link yeah. will be right there so you can connect with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll be, I'm definitely expanding my reach this year into like Pinterest and podcasting. So you'll probably nice. start seeing that if you come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. This is such a powerful message that more people need to hear. So seriously, you guys, if you took something away from this episode, please share it. Please. It's kind of like your responsibility and obligation. If you know people in your life who need to hear this message, please share it. It really means so much to me. First of all, you know, I love expanding the beautifully built family and community, but it's, it's messages that we need to get across to more people because there's so many people suffering as much as the health and fitness industry is growing right now. There are so many people walking down the street that are so overweight and so Mm -hmm. miserable. And because of that, their kids are feeling the same way. And it's like, the health and fitness industry is expanding. Yeah, there's health coaches and stuff everywhere, but there's not enough, there's not enough transformation going down. 
So no. we really, we really want to help be a part of that. So please share this episode um, with anyone who you know who might, you know, might benefit from hearing it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys, for sharing it, too. Yeah, it means a lot. Yay! Thank you so much, Melissa. We will definitely see you back on the show soon. Yes, thank you so much. See y'all.